Salah! Astonishing! Welcome back, everyone, to this week's Bloker Joker podcast, powered by Pub Sports Radio. We're here to break down match day 23 in the English Premier League. And this week, we have a special guest, the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. Um, I know that you write articles for Pub Sports Radio with the Premier League, so I thought it would be great to bring you on here. And I know you're having a really profitable season. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I think it's great uh, finally to be able to do this with you. And, um, yeah, there's – you know, this card this week is is pretty tricky. You know, midweek fixtures are always kind of tough. Um, kind of some trappy spots here. I did a show earlier and, and went over, you know, I've got a few plays here lined up and uh, I think we'll just kick it right on here. Um, the first match I have written down, we've got Bournemouth hosting Brighton here and it's a pick shaded to Brighton and Hove here. Um, you know, we got a posted total here of 2.5, basically minus 110 on both sides. Um, what, what are your thoughts here in this match? Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth have been horrible. I mean, they, they, this group just can't score goals right now. I mean, you look at in the Premier League, uh, I think they've scored one goal over the last five games. They can't score. Uh, they have no quality going forward. Yeah, Eddie Howe's really starting to, to, to struggle at Bournemouth. I mean, he yeah, he's done some good things over the years in, you know, in places like Sunderland and Bournemouth, but he, he's not been good lately, and, and they haven't been good lately. I mean, you look at the other night against Norwich City. I mean, you know, Norwich gets a red card uh, in 76 minutes, and, you know, Bournemouth can't find the back of the net. I mean, this is just a bad – you know, bad side. I mean, they can't score. They're they're down at the bottom at this point. But I'm looking at you know under the total. I mean, you know, yeah. Brighton has seen an under over I think seven of the last eight games. You know, they're always a group that doesn't really have a ton of quality going forward. Um, these are two bad sides. I think it's kind of a, a one-one relegation battle. I think you know both teams will obviously love a point. I think you look at it though and you want to you want to get a win here. I mean, these are two bad sides. Um, Brighton, I think, is just a little bit more quality. I, I don't want like what I'm seeing out of Bournemouth. I mean, also keep in mind, I mean, they're not scoring goals. They're not even really getting shots on goal. I mean, they just haven't given you much. You look at since 2004, only Reading, who was in the Premier League in 2012, 2013, have averaged fewer shots at home in a single Premier League campaign. So, like, they're not even Bournemouth shooting or having attempts this has been exactly. an ugly season yeah. so yeah i would go under two and a half here uh if i had to play this it, it's square and and you're gonna have to lay you know you know the, the 115 ish but i think it's a pretty yeah. solid price no I, i'm with you here we're sitting here just past the middle of january bournemouth have nine goals this season from open play That's that perfect. is atrocious and like you mentioned, you touched on Brighton's last five matches. I've seen under 2.5 goals. We know that Bournemouth have been under machines this season. Um, yeah, I, when you touch on Eddie Howe a little bit, you know, he's just made some really bad summer buys, really, for me. Just spent too much money on players that really didn't bring enough quality into the side. And I'm right there with you. I'm leaning under 2.5 goals in this match. At, uh, I had minus 109 earlier in the day. Yeah, probably about minus 115 now. I can't really go. Any other I mean, th- this team is this team is a championship level 
group going forward. I mean, they'd be lucky to be in the middle tier of the table with this group going forward. I mean, there's very little uh, here. Totally. And and when you're looking at it, probably the best player this season for Bournemouth is not even owned by Bournemouth. He's a Liverpool-owned player, Harry Wilson. He's had some decent goals for them, but I mean, just when you just look at nine goals from open play this season, I mean, that is just, it, it, I can't stop overlooking that. So, yeah, under the number, uh, sounds like a decent look there. We will head on to Villa Park, where the villains are hosting Watford and the resurgence under Nigel Pearson. You know, Watford have gotten the job done for me in three consecutive weeks. They haven't been defeated in their last seven but they have had road woes. They've only won two out of their last 14 away matches. You know, um, as Millie Saar, the Senegalese forward, who has a ton of pace, pulled his hamstring in that last match against Tottenham. Um, it looks like Pereira is going to come in, who has been their best player probably over the calendar year, and to try to fill that role. You know, I, I took a little shot on Watford at draw no bet. I, I the villains have been a fade side for me, um, but the villains did just sign a new striker uh, from Gank. Um, he, he's out of the Congo, and he, he's he's a really good player. Fine goal scoring numbers in Belgium. Obviously, we'll see if that translates over to the Premier League. But I'm just kind of riding this until it goes away. Really, uh, I'm going to keep riding Watford under Nigel Pearson. He's been great. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, it's never easy to go to Villa Park and, and win a game. I mean, they've been a great uh, home crowd over the years. Um, and and you're right. I mean, they're playing well. I think they're unbeaten over the last six games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, the, sometimes when you get a new manager, it kind of revives the side, you know, it rescues, you know, the team a little bit. And, and they've been able to do that. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't really been involved. I mean, I just kind of look elsewhere when teams like these play. I think it's another decent underspot. I mean, Watford's actually been pretty good defensively as well uh, recently. You know, Villa's never going to offer much going forward. I could see this being a draw, to be real honest with you. I, I think, you know, both teams are going to really try to grab a, 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 you know, a win here. I mean, these are, are two bottom-tier sides. Uh, I don't have much in this game. I, I think your draw to bet's probably decent. I feel like you're going to get your money back, but – uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that here, but I, I'd probably pass in this game. Yeah, no, that's why I definitely played at the safer angle here. I played a similar uh, game, you know, over the weekend when they played against Tottenham. I had them at basically a you know double chance there, so that that got the job done, even though they missed a penalty. Um, yeah, this one, you know, the one thing that's keeping me off the under is, is Villains last their last eighteen of twenty three have seen over two point five, so. It, it's it's tough. You know, they have gotten Mings back in their defense, which might help some things. But, yeah, it's not really a game to, to be wagering too much money on, that's for sure. Um, I'll kick it off here. We'll go to Goodison, Carlo Ancelotti's side, taking on Steve Bruce's Newcastle here. 11th versus 12th. Any thoughts here? Um. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the first couple of games here, we're, we're looking under, under, under. But, yeah, I mean, I, Everton doesn't give you anything going forward. I mean, they, they haven't given you much of anything all season going forward. Um, there's just not a lot of quality there, even with uh, a new manager. You look at on the season, I mean, 26 goals in 23 games. Uh, this is not really going to do it for you. Newcastle, they don't offer a ton going forward either. And both these teams are pretty solid defensively. You look at Newcastle. Um, 
you know, I, they they try, they play hard. I mean, they, they've had some, you know, weird issues with, with ownership there and, and, and some of that mess up in, in the Northeast. But yeah, they play hard. You know, they, they have some solid players. Uh, I, I don't see much going forward with either team here. I, I'm going to go under again. Uh, I'm, I think all three of these matches will be somewhat drabby. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, that's the first thing that I saw when I looked at this card is unders. They just they start screaming out to me, and I'm right there with you again. I'm leaning under 2.5 goals at minus 103. Three consecutive clean sheets for Everton at Goodison. Under 2.5 goals have been seen in seven of Everton's last nine home matches. Um, we've got five goals have been seen in Newcastle's last five of six road matches. They don't offer a ton going forward. And I'm right there with you here at an under 2.5 spot. So then let's kick on to Chris Wilder's bunch. The surprise of the season here as we sit in the middle of January. Sheffield United are going to host the best offensive side in the league in Manchester City. Ooh, this one's tough. But, you know, Bramall Lane, I mean, it's probably a spot where City get right. I have just, you know, a, a lean of Man City at minus one and a quarter goal here at minus 120. Um, but but my real trend here is that both teams have scored in City's last 18 of 20. When you give me a back line with no Laporte, who's been injured now for months, you give me Stones and you give me Otamendi and you give me a makeshift midfielder in Fernandinho, I'm going to think that somebody can hit them on the break once and a lot of times, you know, they're up four, five, zero, and you know, then they kind of just switch off late in games. It's been successful for me. I'm thinking about going back to it. Both teams to score minus one twenty-two. You know, the, the city side really struggled at the weekend against a very organized Roy Hodgson group in Palace, and they're going to see this a similar type of of group. Maybe not as much pace up front, but this. I mean, Chris Wilder. I mean, other than Jurgen Klopp, obviously doing what he's doing at Liverpool, he's got to be a shout for Coach of the Year. Yeah, no, Sheffield United's a good side. Uh, they've, uh, they, they've, I think, defied it pretty much everyone's expectations. I, I thought they'd be really solid. I didn't think they'd be, you know, a top seven group. And you know, I'm pretty proud. I mean, I, I bet on this group a lot last year when they were in the championship. Yeah, Billy Sharp has been over the years a terrific player for them. Uh, Ollie McBurney, guys like that. You know, they've. Cheggy Alka in the the defense, who mm-hmm. was at Everton for for a lot of years, and and City as well, I believe at, at one point. Uh, you know, I, I I've I'm up 18 units on the season in Premier League uh, pubsportradio.com with my blog. A lot mm-hmm. of it's had to do with me just taking a lot of underdogs. You know, I hit mm-hmm. last week. I think two different you know three to one underdogs. Um, I, I got to tell you, I, I think this could be a spot to maybe grab Sheffield plus a huge number. I mean, he had 700 on this. Uh, City doesn't do a ton for me. I think you mentioned it. Their defense isn't great. You know, Sheffield United's going to want to keep this score low, park the bus a lot of the time, and just try to defend. Um, I know it's going to be tough. I'll probably just grab the one-and-a-half goals here and just, just kind of hope that they don't lose two or three-nil. Uh, I think Sheffield's legitimate. I mean, I thought they played well over the weekend against Arsenal. Yeah, they seemingly keep scores low when they play some of these bigger teams. Yeah, I know they lost 2-0 to Liverpool, 2-0 to City the first time, but those were both games that were on the road. This one's at home. Um, I, I might – I don't know if I'll take the 700, but I might get involved with some sort of draw, double chance here. 
uh, maybe a two to one, something like that. I think Sheffield can hang around here, maybe get a get a draw out of this. Uh, it's a tough game. Again, if you're down money on the on the week, I wouldn't be betting on this. But yep. as you said, Sheffield's been really good, um, and I think your both teams to score is kind of a pretty good call as well. Yes. Yep, that one's hit for me a lot with Manchester City matches. So I think that's a good look. I got, yeah, Sheffield have been just so stingy at the back. Um, so, yeah, that's a not a bad look there. So so we'll move on here. Uh, we've got Crystal Palace hosting Southampton here. Um, I did a show earlier today with Flash Watson and Martin Green and – you know, they're both liking Crystal Palace here at a draw no bet. Or actually, I think Flash took Crystal Palace on the money line here. Um, when you look at this match, you know, four consecutive draws for Palace. Nine out of ten matches in the Premier League without a defeat for Palace. It, you know, this one for me, I, I played this match. I've already locked this in. I'm on both teams to score in this match. Southampton have won three straight. I know they just had that calamity at the weekend against Wolves. I backed Southampton in the first half only in that match at plus 190, thankfully. And then they just blew it in the second half. But 14 of 18 of Southampton's matches have seen both teams to score. They're unbeaten against Palace in five of six. So that kind of worries me a little bit if you're looking at Palace. Um but then again, six of seven away matches for Southampton have seen over 2.5 goals. Danny Ings is flying. They're putting the ball in the back of the net. I really like Roth Hudson Hoodle. I also really like the old boy Roy Hudson. But, uh, you know, for this one, for me, I, I made it a play. Both teams to score minus 115. I think that they can both find the back of the net here. What are your yeah, I, I would go with Palace here at home. Uh, I think the difference yeah. in this game is, is the defense. I mean, Crystal Palace is a very good uh, defense. Uh, they really are, are really good at the back. They do a nice job every game at, at, at you know, just – keeping the score low and then playing at a high level defensively, you know, always good goalkeeping, always just solid defenders. And and that's one thing about as well with Crystal Palace, you look at all of a sudden, you know, adding a Chank Tosun, he's given them something up front with Zaha. You mentioned their ability lately to score goals. Um, they've kind of been the draw Kings lately. I, I think, I think mm-hmm. they've drawled in four straight matches, but with the price like this kind of flying right now off a nice performance against Manchester city, they're at home here. I mean, Southampton have given up 42 goals in the season. That's one of the worst in the Premier league. Uh, and they got to travel. Um, not too bad a trip from the South up to London, but um, yeah, I, I'll lean with palace here at a big price uh, getting almost two to one. Yes. Yeah. When you mentioned, you know, Cheng Cho Soon, you know, scoring on his debut for Palace at City, you know, that takes a lot of weight off your shoulders for sure on a new side. So, yeah, maybe he can can keep rolling here. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a 1-1 in this match. I didn't want to play the over 2.5. I just wanted both teams to score here. So that's kind of where I'm looking. Um, we'll go in here. We'll go into the marquee match of the week here. We've got Frankie Lampard's side in Chelsea taking on the new Arteta and your boys Arsenal here. This one's tough. What do you think here? Yeah, I mean, look, I have no interest in Arsenal on the road. Uh, they've two wins over the last eleven road games. I mean, it's you know whether it's been Arsene Wanger, uh, Mikel Ar- or uh, Mikel Arteta, you know Una Emery, it really hasn't mattered. They're not a good road team. I mean, it's just that simple. 
Um, I'm not saying that that Stanford Bridge and Chelsea are, are real backable either, but uh, they they were horrible over the weekend against Chelsea or uh, Newcastle. I'm sorry, I don't know what that was all about, but I think both these teams are good enough going forward that we'll you know at least see a goal or two here. Um, I don't love laying this kind of price, but both teams' score looks pretty strong here. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, I could frankly see 1-1. I think the game ends in a draw, but there's so much quality going forward with these two groups. Um, I'm willing to lay 160 here, and, and especially with all the underdogs that I take. I think this mm-hmm. I think this game's at worst 1-1. I think it's a 2-1-er. Um, I, you know, Chelsea, kind of a rough price on Chelsea here. I, I think they're kind of overvalued just because of Arsenal's road issues, but mm-hmm. I think this is a draw. If I had to guess, I think this is 1-1, but I, I'm going to lean with both teams to score. I, I think the quality on each side is, is obviously there. Um, you know, we know what, what Arsenal can do going forward with, you know, Aubameyang and Lacazette and, and all that talent going forward. I'll, I'll lean with uh, both teams to score here. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really tough match to predict in, in the outright markets for sure. I uh, Like you touch on with Chelsea, yeah, they do seem a little bit overpriced here. You know, Arsenal have been drawing kings this season, you know, 11 draws for them. They're playing better under Arteta. You can tell it's definitely been an adjustment for the players. They look a little bit winded in that 80th, 90th minute, and, and that's what happened a couple weeks ago against Chelsea. It was smash and grab late. And Arsenal deserved three points, and they then ended up with zero. You know, in this one, I don't really have much. I got to say, I I kind of like Abraham to score any time. I think that's a nice plus price. But, yeah, nothing really for me. Just because it's a big game doesn't mean that I'm going to be betting it. So, yeah, I'll gladly pass there. Um, We'll kick on now. We'll go to the King Power. And Brendan Rodgers' side, you know, they're starting to kind of dip a little bit in form. And they're taking on David Moyes and West Ham here. Can West Ham turn a corner? Um, you know, Leicester without Wilfred and Didi have been a real, it's been a real issue in the middle of the park these last few uh, matches. And, you know, I, I'm a little bit worried about it. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, gets into the middle and, and muddies up the waters in the middle of the park. And, man, it's just, I backed Leicester. That was my one loss last week. I went three and one. And, uh, you know, I, I back Le- uh, Lester. I've already missed the PK, and then everything just kind of flipped on its head. But, but here, again, for me, it, it's a pass. I, I think that both teams can find the back of the net. Lester seem really highly priced here, but they've been good to a lot of backers all season, including me. Um, but I, I also – I think that West Ham, maybe plus one at minus 105, might be worth a shout here. Maybe they can grab a draw. But again, it, it's a it's a pass. Yeah, I mean, West Ham has like one win over the last you know three weeks or so. It's nothing. It's been rough. And and you're right. I mean, I'm glad I stayed away from Leicester over the weekend. Just didn't have a real good feeling that match. And you know, Burnley always seemed to dirty up the waters. And they were very good in the second half in that game. I was yeah. kind of sitting there watching it. They can't keep goals out right now, Leicester. And you know, 
West Ham has some success going forward. They're decent. Uh, listen, I'll keep siding with Jamie Vardy to score any time. I mean, I think, you know, he missed a penalty over the weekend. Um, yep. Probably should have been a goal, but uh, he wasn't able to get it. I didn't bet it last week, but uh, I'll go back to it this week. Uh, West Ham doesn't offer much offensively. Uh, and I'll actually consider just grabbing it first. I think he, I think they find the first goal here. I think it could be Jamie Vardy. I will also say I think Lester is probably the player at home. I think sometimes prices like this try to turn the, the better off, like, they don't want to, you know, it's not sexy to lay 190 or 200 exactly. on a game. But when you bet in any sport, whether it's football, basketball, soccer, whatever, um, you've got to be willing at times to lay prices. And when you're laying money line prices, you've got to be willing to, to do it. You know, I look at, for instance, like a horse, you know, sometimes a horse can be, you know, one to five, one to nine. Um, there's a reason the horse is one to nine. He's way better than everybody else. It's just nobody wants to lay eighteen hundred to win two hundred, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to be willing to look at prices and say, okay, this is pretty solid. Is this, you know, a one to nine? No, I think it's a pretty good play. West Ham's not good. I think Leicester. They're kind of struggling, but they're still a very good side. They're at home here. Um, I think they'll kind of fix the defensive issues, and uh, I think they get a 2-0 win here. I'll lean Leicester just to win. I think it's a pretty good play. Yeah. No, especially when you're up, you know, I'm up 14 units right now. You said you were up 18 units on the season. That's fantastic. You know, that's kind of how you keep it it rolling, especially in some of these tough weeks, because this is is a tough, tougher card than especially over the weekend, I would say. And when you talk about horse races, I'm kind of getting ready. There's some big horse races coming up here in a couple of weeks at Gulfstream Park. I know, um, so that'll that'll definitely yeah. Be you fun. got uh, get the Pegasus this weekend, which is a uh, you know obviously a huge race, the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. Some great prices there, and uh, some great races. So yeah, it's good. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was definitely I was dabbling a little bit tonight, having some fun with it. So that's always a good time. Um, let, let's kick on to Tottenham versus Norwich here. Tottenham, you know, really started to get off to a good note with Jose Mourinho. They weren't keeping clean sheets. And then ever since those first couple matches, it's been a downhill slide here, especially now without Harry Kane. Looks like they're going to have him out for a long time. Sone, Lucas, those guys are going to have to really pick it up and find the back of the net here. We had a 2-2 thriller here just a few weeks ago. Um, you know, we've got a posted total here of about three, you know, Tottenham laying a big price at 250 Norwich, their road woes are well documented. Um, what, anything here? Yeah. I mean, Norwich, uh, they're pretty bad at this point. I mean, they really haven't been the same team since they beat city, which I don't know how they did that, but since then they've been, I mean, they've been awful. They're the worst team in the, the league. Uh, they've given up more goals than anyone else. But as you said, you kind of have a rudderless group up front with Tottenham right now. But this seems like a game where even without um, Harry Kane, I mean, you've got plenty of talent still in that group. Mara and Dele Alli and, and guys like that, Christian Eriksen, plenty plenty of options to, to go forward and score goals. Um, I was a bit surprised that Tottenham couldn't find the back of the net against uh, Watford. But as I said earlier, I mean, that group is starting to, to play at a higher level. Um Defensively, particularly, I- I'll lean with uh, I'll lean with Tottenham. I think they win this game fairly comfortably. I'll look towards 
maybe land one or one and a half goals here. I will say though, I probably won't bet this game. I've not had a lot of success over the years with, with Tottenham Hotspur. They're just not a group that I really like to root for. And I haven't had a good really line on them or, or success with them. So this is probably a pass, mm-hmm. but this seems like a two nil game. I could see maybe a win to nil, uh, you know, that kind of protects you against one nil or something, but yeah, I, I, I'll probably avoid this match. Yeah, no, one one uh, that Flash pointed out today that I thought was interesting in this match, he, he liked Spurs halftime, full-time. And that one kind of stuck out to me as, yeah, I, I actually do kind of, I agree with that. So I, I think that that might be one of the better angles for this match. It's, you know, there's a lot of big prices out there this weekend. So, um, but yeah, I don't really have a whole lot on that one. It's just, it's a pass. I think that we'll see some goals, but um, yeah, whenever you're giving me a total of three, then, you know, I'm either looking to take, you know, both teams are scoring over 2.5 or whatnot. I don't really like laying that uh, or, or betting over or under three generally. So um, we'll, we'll move on here. We've got two matches left. We've got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's boys taking on Sean Dyche's crew in Burnley coming off that nice win at Turf Moor against Leicester. United are unbeaten at Old Trafford in their last nine, but some real injury concerns here of late. You know, Rashford's out for months now. He's got a couple stress fractures in his back. Um, United, this team has been calling out for a defensive midfielder for a long time. I saw some reports today from uh, one of the more highly respected journalists out in Italy that they're kind of covering – Vecino for Inter Milan to try to replace Matic. I mean, I was watching Matic last weekend, Jeff. His legs are completely gone, and and they've been gone now for a long time. Fred in midfield doesn't do a whole lot for me. You know, I I like their defense. Of course, David De Gea is always fantastic, but this one for me, it's just a lean. I, I think that maybe Burnley can carry over some momentum here and just at least keep this one tight. This has been a fixture that has seen a couple draws now in the last few years. And, and I don't think that United have improved over these last few years. And I don't think they've improved very much under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, so give me Burnley at plus 1.25 at minus 108. You know, I, I win half my stake if they lose by one and, and so be it. Um, yeah, this United side just don't do enough for me. Yeah, I don't have many, much opinion on this game. Uh, until Manchester United, I think, bring in the right manager and, and kind of make some changes that they need to make, I'm not interested. And without Rashford, I have I have no real thoughts. You know, Burnley are always going to dirty the game up. They want to play the game, you know, 1-1 one, one or, or nil-nil. Um, pass for me. I have nothing on this one. Yes. Yep. Okay. We'll carry on to the last one. It's on Thursday, and it's it's a really good one. It looks like one that on the surface Liverpool might slip up a bit. Um, they're traveling on the road at the Molyneux to take on Wolves. And, you know, one of my favorite managers in this league, Nuno Santos, whatever this guy is feeding the boys at halftime, it seems to be working, man. He, they have had so many nice comebacks this year. Really been a struggling side in the first half. They tend to start slow. Liverpool now seven consecutive clean sheets. Uh, that partnership of Gomez with his pace paired with the great Virgil van Dyke seems to really be working. Um, you know, the last three EPL matches between these two have seen under 2.5 goals. I see this as being a really cagey affair. 
No one likes to play more on one side than Wolves do with Adama Traore. This is going to be a real battle for Robertson. Um, he's going up against, you know, the, I got to say Traore reminds me, he looks like Adrian Peterson in his like prime right now. It's just, he's just humongous. And supposedly NFL teams were looking at him when he was at Barcelona as, as a youth product. So, um, but again, Wolves are, you know, fantastic home side, unbeaten at home in 27 of 30. For me, I, I've got two bets on this match. I've already placed them. I'm taking it. I think this is a KG affair under 2.5 goals plus 102 here. It's another under spot for me. And then I'm going to continue to fade Wolves in the first half, uh, how they've been starting slow. It worked for me with Southampton. Why can't it work again? Liverpool first half plus 110. Um, but I do think this is kind of a trappy spot. This could be a spot where maybe there's a draw or a slip up. Any thoughts here, Jeff? Yeah, kind of a, a tough stretch here. I mean, Liverpool's winning games, but they've been tough. I mean, United and, and Tottenham Hotspur. You know, you got to go on the road midweek to, to a really stingy Wolves group. You know, Wolves is built through just, you know, really high-level – uh, abilities to go find good players. They, they've kind of aligned themselves with the right people to get the right players. And the Portuguese have really helped uh, Wolves a lot. A lot of Portuguese players with their manager as well. I, I like the draw. I, th- I think, you know, at, at, at 280, close to 300, I think that's a pretty good price here. I, I think this is 1 1, and I think it fits your, your draw price, your uh, underprice there. I think it could be a situation where Liverpool's probably up 1 0 at the half. Uh, they yeah. get a goal from, you know, whoever, Firmino, Salah, take your pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, as you said, Wolves kind of find something late and, and gets a goal, you know, with 10, 15 minutes to go, and, and they kind of settle on a draw. Neither team would, would have any issue with that. Look, Liverpool's not going to win every game. They're not going to shut every opponent out. Uh, this is a tough spot. You obviously have, you know, FA Cup coming up, and you have some kind of time mm-hmm. off. So this could be the spot where it happens. Uh, I'll, I'll lean with the draw here at, at like 3.8. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't think that's a bad look. I actually really like that play. I think that this might be the time. I mean, if you've been back in Liverpool over the last year, you've made a heck of a lot of money, but this is not one of those spots for me. Um, I think this Wolf side, Jeff, are really live in the Europa League. They just set up well for me in an aggregate type of format. They've, they're a really nice home side. They've got some world-class players on this team, really. And um, But, yeah, you know, I, I really appreciate, Jeff, that you hopping on this podcast tonight, man. It's it's really been a joy for me. And, uh, you know, I just – I always wanted to start this just, you know, to help people, you know, if they're on the fence for some plays, just to be able to gain some sort of insight. So, Jeff, serious. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's late night here, but you know, it's always good to talk uh, some soccer. And uh, yeah, I mean, check me out on on Twitter at Jeff Nadu. And uh, as I said, you know, uh, keep doing your thing. And uh, you know, any way you can can grow football and and everything, it's great. And uh, yeah, it looks like we're both having good seasons. So uh, check out my blog on Pub Church Radio. It'll be out tomorrow for uh, or I guess Tuesday for. Uh, the weekly matches and uh, we'll look to try to add to the, uh, the profit here. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely want to give a shout out to pub sports radio for powering this podcast and, uh, and best of luck everyone on your bets. This is the bloker joker podcast for match day 23. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks. 